110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome, everybody, to Buckeye Bar, guys, here on Buckeye Bar Talk. Today is Saturday, February 20th, 2021. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Big show to today. Uh, we're going to discuss... Uh, uh, probably won't be too long of a show. We're going to discuss uh, the basketball games from this week. Um, Ohio State had two big wins. I believe they're winning streaks up to 10 now. Uh, no, it's seven. Seven, okay. Seven in a row. Yeah, I always get seven to 10 mixed up. <laughs> um, should be 10. We'll go with 10. 10 sounds better. No, seven. Uh, so great job right now. They're still uh, well on their way to being a, a number one seed for the tournament. So uh, huge game tomorrow against uh, the, the weasels, the arch rivals from up north. Uh, so we're looking forward to that one. And then uh, I think we're going to do a little fun thing afterwards, which uh, I'm not going to describe yet. We'll describe it when we get to the segment. And uh, then uh, we'll finish up on some uh, Michigan transfer news. Uh, All right. I always like relishing in when uh, they look dysfunctional up there. It's been a long time. And they always look dysfunctional. Fun fact that I came across yesterday is Ohio State's football team has lost as many Big Ten games within the last five years. So 15 to 20 as Michigan did last year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun. I I always like finding those fun facts when you see uh, just like the different things like and then you see the counter how many days it's been since they've beat us i mean right but then you know they've won seven more games in a yeah hundred plus series yeah <laughs> like that matters even though we have a winning record since 1910 but you know it's so, it is what it is yeah so that's why I, I always love when they're fan i mean sometimes you don't even you just you give them whatever victory they think they just accomplished and you just move on. When they don't realize that that number is shrinking every year. I mean, I'm, I mean, we're, we're children of the nineties. I mean, I remember when that, uh, that gap actually meant something. Uh, well, I mean, think about just the domination that it's been in the last 20 years. I mean, how much, when you and I first started watching, oh, it was over, it 20. was over 20 wins. It had to have been, yeah. it had been close to 30. Yeah. No, it was like, it was in, I think in, it was like a 20, they were up 22, 23 on us. And then, uh, mm-hmm. they were, it was like 50 something to 30 something. And yeah. Like it just, it's cutting closer and closer. Right. I know. It's like, I mean, just thinking about it this way, if John Cooper would have had a, you know, a 500 record or, you know, I mean, he was two ten and one, if he was, you know, so that's 13 games. If he was six and seven or five and eight, I mean, that, how much We're talking closer? about what, like a three game series right yeah. now. So, man, not, the thing is, I mean, yeah, seven, there's still a chance that, you know, they get a good recruiting class to change things around that they can keep it around there. But if it was at three games at this point, what yeah. we have coming in, what they don't have coming in, what they've lost, I would imagine Ohio state would, you know, have that within four years. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've called I've said it before that, uh, this series will be, uh, you know, will be tied by, you know, within the next 10 years. Uh, I, I do agree. believe that I, I just the way everything's going, um, it would have to be such a drastic turn. Um, so, I mean, you can only judge things on current information and just the way things are going currently that, 
how we're getting recruiting classes up. I mean, we might have it by 2030, but well, that's what I, by 2031, 2032, you know, I mean, how 31 would be 10 years. So yeah, by 2030, I'm going to say it right now, we will have the series tied um, or the lead probably will be in the lead, but I will say tied. And I just, there's nothing to point you to the contrary. I mean, people are like, Oh, rivalries, they go back and forth, but we're talking 20 years like no it doesn't it doesn't go like this and it's just there's no end in sight there would have to be a lot of i mean there would have to be such dramatic um just rethinking of just i everything. mean he's getting in an amazing quarterback but he's lost what you know they've lost so much yeah um we'll actually we'll flip this around a little bit uh we'll get into basketball in a minute so uh we'll bring the milton stuff up okay yeah we can, we're, since we're already talking we're already about michigan so, so we're not going back to them but uh so he announced that he was transferring this week um i believe i read yesterday they have like 20 kids in the transfer portal well, so charbonnet transferred too right yeah yeah and mccaffrey you know he transferred this year i mean so i mean that's i don't know how many opted out I mean, Nico Collins, he's looking slim. He was looking good at the bowl practices that he was in. I think it was the senior bowl or whatever bowl game he was in. I think they said he dropped like 20 pounds, which he was always so good. But it was like, that was the one thing. It was just, he seemed slow. He was, you know, he was just a big body. He could go up and get the ball, but he didn't really, he couldn't, you know, get to that second level. He couldn't get past cornerbacks. And he definitely, he looked a lot more electric. So it just shows, you know, once you get away from that program for a little bit, what you can do now. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, the 20 kids, I mean, and I get it, you know, the transfer portal is definitely becoming college football free agency. I mean, the NCAA needs to realize that and just, you know, allow it to happen one time, you know, that's your one time going to the transfer portal. And then if you go to transfer again, before you're a grad kid, uh, you know, you got to go through, you got to get a waiver and blah, 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 all the, what the rules are now. But I mean, it is what it is at this point, but I mean, I would be, I mean, down here in Columbus, Ohio state media, I mean, would be, if they had 20 kids and I mean, that would be front page news and yeah. you know, Columbus and on the, I mean, front page sports front page. I mean, that would be like, what the heck is going on? You know, I mean, some people will be questioning Ryan day, you know, is it, he need to go? Oh, absolutely. They would be doing the same thing. If urban Meyer was the coach, I mean, urban Meyer had a lot of uh, capital built up over his career. If, I mean, the media would not, I mean, people want to say, you know, they'd be, you know, everybody kisses Ohio state's butt. And to a point, yeah, local media does that happens in outside of the big cities of New York and Los Angeles, you know, your local media does that for you. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure like Austin and Tuscaloosa, I think they're all loyal to their program. But I I wonder what some, there'd be people questioning Nick Saban, if he had 20 kids in the transfer portal down there. I know. So like, and like, I just don't see, you know, I mean, I don't pay a lot of attention, but I do look to some of their papers up there. I do read, you know, articles from the Detroit Free Press and stuff on in regards to Michigan and their Sports Illustrated site, just because, you know, I I try to keep up on some of the stuff going on up there just because, you know, so you, you know, we can talk about it. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that's there are rivals there are the Big Ten. So, I mean, like I just said, I like relishing when I see that they're down. So, you know, it's funny to me. And uh this is just, I mean, this, I don't get where he's not being called out and like, how the heck do you, these are your recruits. I mean, right. like where, why are you not being called out for this stuff? And yeah, I know. And the, the Jill, Joe Milton one, I mean, he made him a starter. I know he got replaced. Just, I didn't see him transferring, but I think that means they're probably all in on the, was it McCarthy, the kid coming in? Yeah. He looks good. I mean, 
Yeah. So yeah, I, I would take it that that means that they're all in on that five star and Joe Milton's time has passed, but he has three years of eligibility left. He's a great, he graduated, yeah. which is crazy that you graduate with three years of eligibility, but the COVID year kind of, you know, does that for everything. So yeah, he's a graduate transfer, three years of eligibility. I don't, I don't know where he'll go. It'll be interesting to see. I think somebody could, uh, I mean, he definitely had a nice arm. He was raw. You can tell he's not getting the coaching that he, uh, he needs someone to work with him. I mean, if he goes to one of these schools, that actually have some, you know, quarterback smarts and stuff like that. He might be, he could be a legitimate threat. I mean, where he, I mean, he's got raw talent and if he could, if they could get a coach that could develop it to the correct thing, I mean, he could be a very dangerous uh, college quarterback, you know, or possibly even more. If yeah, he I really, mean, I'm trying to think who would be a good landing spot for him. It probably have to be somewhere small. I think Riley has too many quarterbacks coming in that really would pique his interest with Milton. Maybe, I would love the maybe Texas. It'll be Texas. I know they just got a five star. I mean, but they, he's not going to be there till next year. I don't know who their offensive uh, mind is, um, but I mean, what about a place like I don't know who Luke's got offensively down there, but a place like maybe Cincinnati that could be an interesting that could place. Be a good fit. Um, possibly Malzahn down in uh, all down in uh, Central Florida. I mean, yeah. you know. I don't know. I mean, South Florida's got a decent team. I mean, there's there's different places where he could end up in that Conference USA, American. For, for a second, I thought Malzahn was, he coached Cam. I was going to be like, oh, I could have another run with it. But that was Gene, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got his his one-year run. Yeah. <laughs> so possibly somewhere like that. I mean, you mentioned Texas. I mean, maybe Texas. Uh, I mean, possibly. I mean, I don't know who's uh, who USC has, but, you know, I mean, he could end up somewhere that he could, you know, but again, he needs he, someone to work. With he them. needs somebody that's got a good quarterback mind here, whether it's the head coach or not, that they need to be able to work with. I'm him. just shocked that, uh, you know, a guy that was in the NFL as a quarterback for so many years just struggles this mightily yeah. to get good quarterback play at his school. Well, that's the thing. And he was called the quarterback whisperer. And I mean, every, and every year you hear from Michigan, we'll wait till he gets his quarterback. Well, now he's had his quarterbacks and he's still doing. I think Andrew Luck was just good. Yeah. (laughs) Starting to look that way. I think Andrew Luck maybe learned just a lot from his dad. Yeah. Maybe it's more that he understood quarterback play before he got to Stanford. And yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying uh, uh, hardball is not uh, competitive or anything like that. Maybe then, you know, you just breed that competitiveness, but it's, I don't even think he's that competitive anymore. It's like, it's no, it's it's like he's being okay with what's going on. And that's like crazy to me and knowing from what you, you just know from him, from being in the NFL. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't really, I mean, I was too young to really understand him at Michigan in the eighties and I mean, I remember him as a pro quarterback, you know, on different teams. I mean, he did bounce around some, um, but I don't, I I know him from being a college coach and being a pro coach. And I remember mainly from the 49ers. I mean, I I didn't follow Stanford that much. I I remember watching the game when he beat USC, but like, you know, I mean. Right. Yeah. And I got him. I I just feel like he always wanted a pro gig more than college. Anyways, it's kind of weird to me that, I mean, I think he's kind of, ruining chances has going back to the NFL with how his teams have done recently. Um, what else was I going to say about him? I don't, I mean, it's just, he hired a, his whole staff's a bunch of young guys now. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they, uh, you know, sink or swim at this point, but I think the oldest guy on the staff isn't even in his forties. Yeah. 
Um, and then I think we talked to, I don't know if we talked about it off air or we brought it up a couple of shows ago, but we talked about, uh, that high school coach, which, uh, it was, I can't think of the kid's name, his top running back yeah. though, that was actually interested in Ohio state as well, but bring, Ohio state got Evan Pryor. Then and they bring really it was play. an offensive line coach. He's, he's the one replacing Warner, right? I think he's going in as the offensive line coach and because Mike Hart came in as running back coach and Harbaugh's relative is now the special teams coach because he was one time the running back coach, I think. So, yeah, the kids high school coach is now their line coach, I believe, which he's never had a college gig before. And what's taking him so I mean, and I mean, this is not a Michigan show, but what's taking him so long to hire Mike Hart as running back coach? I mean, that just seems like a I don't know a thing he should have done three years ago like I guess the guy does the guy has no like sense about smart hires the game one evolved around him and he wasn't you know his team was not equipped to compete in that type of game and then he lost his identity so now he can't do the things that he wanted to do but he can't do the things that he used to try to do and wisconsin beats the crap out of him up and down the field he can't you know go head to head with them anymore he can't line up with people but he doesn't have the athletes or the coaching to compete with like your ohio states that have the better all-around talent either yeah and it's not even about just having better athletes and stuff like that i mean you look i mean from when you think about like cooper you know when we 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 talked about the story we started watching ohio state in 1995 so i mean we have been watching ohio state since those great years of Cooper yeah. right there in the middle. And then we saw a couple of rough years at the end of his tenure. And then also. you uh, see Trussell until they hired, uh, until they hired Rich Rod, which was a stupid hire and I'm not getting into it, but you know, where Michigan could compete and possibly beat Ohio state. I mean, in all those years, Ohio state had better records than them and all the time, but Ohio, state, there's a couple of years in there where they didn't. And but the most of those years, Ohio State did. Right. And Michigan, where they beat Ohio State is because they were tough. You right, know? exactly. And, yeah. and sometimes they out-toughed Ohio State. Ohio State might have better athletes, but there was times in there in those mid-90s teams where, I mean, you've looked how strong and just powerful some of those Buckeyes teams. Well, when you watch some of those Michigan games, I remember them. Their you know, defensive line was tough. Like Michigan, you know, outplayed them and they were more physical than them yeah. at different times. And that's like, that, that's just completely missing now. I mean, you talk about Wisconsin. I mean, look at Ohio State. Ohio State, I mean, and this is what Hardball was supposed to get them back to, being the right. tough Michigan football program. Ohio State runs it up and down the field on them like it's nothing right now and just pushing them around, and they're the, the more physical team. This isn't Rich Rod anymore that's bringing small West Virginian guys right, in there no. to play football. I mean. And uh, Jim Harbaugh set the program back much further than Brady Hoke ever did. Yeah. At this point. Much further. At this point, you know, Michigan, you guys should have just kept Brady Hoke. I yeah, mean, I mean, they really should have. I mean, 16 and 17 and Harbaugh has some of his guys there. So I'm not going to say he did it with Brady's guys, but those were like his peak years that he gave real competitive games to Ohio State. Now you can say that, you know, JT Barrett was the quarterback and run game with, you know, Weber splitting with Dobbins and really hadn't evolved in 2017 yet. And you know, Beck sent the offense back. Beck sent our offense back, but only one year, you know, that was, it was easily fixed, but those were, you know, the peak years were those 16 and 17 and it's just it didn't get closer though it's gotten so much further away talent wise yeah and they look i mean i said it last year in the games that they were playing like i saw i know they beat up minnesota game one 
they were slow and they look small. Like they just, they don't look like division one players out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So 2030, this is, this series will be at least tied. Um, I think so too. So on to basketball. So uh, Ohio state played uh, two games this week. They won both of them. They beat Indiana and then they beat Penn state. So we'll start with Indiana. Ohio state won uh, 78, 59. Um, and then I'm just pulling up the box score. Um, you know, the Buckeyes, uh, you know, Lydell, Lydell had a great, when we were talking about Lydell from the game before against Maryland, where he didn't have so much of a great offensive game, he dominated Mm -hmm. offensively in this game, 19 points, six for 12, you know, I mean, had some good rebounds. He was very strong under the hoop throughout the game. Um, I'm thinking back from last weekend. I because that was the game I actually watched. I got to watch a lot of that. I watched more of the Indiana game than I ended up getting watched Penn state too. uh, But, uh, you know, and then, you know, Washington um, ensuing, you know, Washington have 12, so he had 16. Um, so, I mean, again, just quite impressive. I mean, I know Indiana's not Indiana of right. old, but I mean, just again, I mean, this team's just looking really, really good. I mean, I'm starting to think that, you know, not only could this team get a one seed, but this team could be a threat to get to the final four. I think so, too. I mean, and also, I mean, I think this team just because like we've said before, the Big Ten, you just you play a lot of close games. so. I could also see this team losing, you know, early and us being disappointed just because we've lived that before. But I mean, they just they look that was the game I got to see more of. They look really complete on offense. I mean, I know you're missing like a really big, big man, which, again, you know, that's not. I mean, I know more so in the NBA that they've gone away from that than college, but that'd be very helpful. Um, But they look, I mean, they look good. And Justice suing, I mean, like. Just think about like Mike Conley's and, you know, D'Angelo Russell for the year he was there, like Evan Turner. Like, how important is it to have a guy that can finish? Like, oh, yeah, definitely. That, they've been missing that for so many years. I mean, they've had, they've always had like a good presence down low, you know, like your, um, like, yeah, who were the, the Wessons, like they were just there, you know, and I know, um, Caleb could go kind of in and out, but like he's, I mean, I know they had, um, I can't think of their names. They had a couple of really good ones the last couple of years that got drafted like in the second round, but yeah, that, he was definitely a good transfer from Cal. I know we don't ask him to do as much as they did at Cal, but just seeing him finish with that, you know, going to his left, I was very impressed. I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's something that we've been missing for a while. Yeah. A guard that can do that. Yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely agree with that. I do, uh, I do see some kindly Evan Turner in him that, uh, and that's important if, uh, you know, I mean, and especially in college basketball, I mean, that's just uh, the big things in college. I mean, you, you, to me, you, you do need a big guy. Um, I think that they don't have, I mean, there's no Greg Oden on this team. No. There's no, uh, you know, any of those guys. He plays really hard though. But Lydell, I mean, that Lydell and Young both look good under the hoop. Yeah. So they do have power under the hoop. Um, then you got, you got guys that can drive the lanes and score. You got guys that can shoot. So it, it, it seems like, um, they are fairly balanced on offense right. and, you know, that's, that's a good sign to me that, you know, they're really to make a long run and possibly a winning run in the NCAA tournament. You you just need to be as balanced as possible. You can't be too dedicated on the shot or just too powerful underneath. I mean, you got to have something at almost every level because that's, you know, you don't know when you need to turn to something else because it seems like they have that because I mean, you don't know what kind of zone you're going to run up against. You might be playing a team that you've never played before or never even seen before. And they play this crazy two, one, two zone. That's just 
dominant or a two, three zone and you can't get it inside and, you know, but then you're, you're bad shooting the ball. Well, I mean, if you don't have good shooters, you know, you're, you're not going to break the zone. So, and I know, I know that Zed, he might be a little undersized to like, you know, some real big centers that they might go against, but that guy plays, you know, hard. And I saw he made some plays too that, you know, back up against the hoop and he was making uh, like hook shots. So, yeah, I mean, I think they just on all levels of offense, they look like they can get it done, that they have that ability. It's not like, oh, my God, this team, you know, all they can do is just hit mid rangers and some team's going to just bury them with threes like they can make the three. They can go, you know, push the ball in. They can go in and out. They can they have a guy that can finish that can drive on an ISO. So they're definitely they're looking very strong that I think they can make a run in the tournament yeah. defensively. I know there's nothing like statistically that shows that they're an elite defensive team, but Every time I've watched them, they've looked good defensively. And I brought this up a lot with the Maryland game, and I saw this thing, something with Indiana, too. And like I said, maybe, I mean, I know Penn State was a higher-scoring game, but uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of the Penn State game. Um, but against Maryland, from, you know, I said, they, you know, when it seemed like when they really need to start locking teams down, they can lock you down and you know you know there was a stretch early in the game when Maryland was just easily going to the hole and you know but when they have to really start clamping down on people it seems like they can I mean I'm impressed with what I'm seeing from Holtman as a coach too I mean that they are just I think they're a good team they're a team that could I mean and especially in this wacky year and you know and I don't want to hear nothing about asterisks we don't know where some of these the uh quote unquote elite teams are going to end right. up being in this tournament. I mean, they could be, I mean, and we did talk about this last week. Um, I mean, this could be a year where you, you get caught with Kentucky as an eight seed. Well, that's something. right. You could get them in the second round or so, I mean, or a North Carolina, you never know. And you know, those teams do have the elite level of talent that, I mean, and I would get nervous playing one of those teams because, you know, you, they might be able to turn it on come tournament right. time. You, yeah, you Calipari see, didn't stop recruiting. You could see an eight or nine seed go win the championship here, but uh, you know, so, but yeah, and I know it's, so it's a wacky year, but if, you know, you get a, some good bounces come tournament time, I mean, they're deep enough, they're balanced enough where they could win it all. And I mean, that would be, in, I don't see them losing to a 16 seed. No, me neither. <laughs> that um, was what? That was Virginia, right? Yeah. And then they win the whole thing the next year. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So. So are there? Are they technically defending champs? Yeah, I guess so because nobody because they won it the year before last, yeah, right? I've, and then there was no okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this tournament's gonna be really interesting just with everything. Uh. Saw so the NCAA announced that uh they are gonna let twenty five percent capacity in. Yep. So at least we're gonna have some fans in these games, which will be cool. Uh. You know, maybe get some uh, loud. Uh, I know. I think the I think the atmosphere is important. I I think you need to have some. And that's there. that's one thing I've noticed now. And you know, now football season's over, which it's so important. Football season too. But I've watched more college basketball over the last couple of weeks, and flipped some ESPN games on, watched some Buckeye games, and you know, you just miss. You know, I mean, you do miss when Duke North Carolina's on the game, and you know, mm-hmm. not seeing just a full you know stadium, full arenas down there, and it's the same thing up here. I mean. We do have some, I mean, I know 
you're not some of those programs in the ACC and stuff like that, but there are some good atmospheres in the Big Ten. And oh just, my God. Uh, you mean, when you think about Michigan State and even up there, Michigan and down here in Columbus at different times and even some of the smaller arenas. I mean, that's. Well, you don't win. Purdue and Iowa, they've always had good crowds. And, you don't beat a top team on the road in the Big Ten. And that's just like, it's a non factor this year. Yeah. So just crazy. All right. Just real quick onto the, then the Penn State win. Um, so Buckeyes won 92 80. Um, like we said, we didn't get to watch as much of this one, but again, Lydell had a, just another monster game, 23 points. Um, Washington had 21. They were the two big scorers yep. on the team. So again, I mean, they have some, they have some guys that they have guys where you can mix the ball around. You can have three, four, you know, guys in double digits. And, and then you got two guys that you're here. If they got to be the ones to score 20 plus points, they got guys that can score 21 plus 20 plus points. Well, I think they have a, I think they got a couple guys on that team that can score 20 plus points. And I think you can get Justin Orange. You can get there. I mean, I think you can get 15 out of him. Yeah. It's threes. Um, you know, Seth Towns is always good for a big shot. Liddell's ability, his shooting is getting so good this year. Like his evolution that he can start hitting more, you know, outside shots, even hitting threes has been huge. It's Kyle Young, right? Yeah. That guy, he just, it just surprises, not surprises me, just how hard he plays. Yeah. It's just amazing. Like he's like the bigger Aaron Kraft. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Aaron Kraft. You, you knew he wasn't the best. I mean, well, I mean, uh, on defense, I would take Aaron Kraft against Eddie Guard. I, I thought Aaron Kraft, especially when he had, um, was it Shannon Scott? Yeah. When they were the two point guards. Yeah. And they both were pretty much like mirror images of each other with how they played on defense. And I mean, no one played as hard as Aaron Kraft, but they both had fast hands. They could get all the steals they wanted. And that's just like that young, just the effort he puts out there. He's just like, to me, he's like the big Aaron Kraft. I've always said though, the one thing that those Ohio state teams missed out on, if they would have just got Trey Burke and uh, yeah, if they would have ended up with Burke and even if that would have meant get losing on Scott, I mean, Trey Burke and uh, Aaron Kraft, well, uh, a guard that can finish. That would have been. <laughs> yeah, I know a guard. I, like that's what, and I thought she and Scott, I didn't realize, you know, cause he was, um, I didn't, I mean, I knew less about basketball then. He was a top point guard in the country. I'm like, here you go. And it's like the guy, I mean, he was really, really good at defense, but yeah. outside of that, he just didn't, he didn't give you a whole lot offensively. Yeah. So just back to this game. Uh, so, yeah. So Washington, Lydell, I mean, Lydell went eight for 12. Uh, Washington went six from nine from the field. Washington four from five from for three pointer and Lydell was two from two. So again, showing the, you know, both there where they can get in uh, under the hoop, yeah. outside shots, uh, get into the lanes. Um, I know I have Dwayne Washington's pressed me a couple games I've seen of him being able to drive the ball too. I mean, so again, this team, I, I'm liking the balance then on the levels right now to where I really think that uh, they can make a cool run. And uh, I, th- I think they, fun. I mean, I think they have as good as a chance as anybody else. So yeah, I mean, I like I said, we didn't, I didn't watch a lot of the Penn State game. I didn't really get to watch until like the very, like towards the very end of it. Um, but Ohio State, I mean, they kept the lead where it was and they even extended it towards the end of the game. I know there was a lot of fouls and everything, but, you know, the game was I think it was within like I think it was like a five point game with five minutes left, four minutes left. And that's hard to hold sometimes in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And they didn't the game didn't get within, you know, like they didn't tie the game or anything. They kept it where it was and they extended it. So. Yeah. 
So big ones tomorrow, uh, one o'clock on CBS. Um, I don't really know much about the Michigan team. Um, yeah. And then it's weird because when really, you know, they have one loss. So that they, when you get into the kind of the new show when you're, I really start watching basketball a lot is a lot right after football season. Well, they suspended their athletic right. programs because they had that new COVID variant. And, you know, so they, they took a break. Was it a two or three week break from, yeah, it was there gone a while. Yeah. So, you know, we haven't really got to see Michigan. I, I saw a little bit of the stats from last week, um, their game that they, they're just now playing coming back. So, uh, I mean, they looked, uh, I mean, against Rutgers, they beat them 71 for 64. So, I mean, they, uh, I mean, again, you, you see what they've recruited over the last few years. I mean, they are a good basketball program. I mean, they are a bas- basketball school. I mean, that's what their fans like to throw at you, know, Buckeye fans now that they're a basketball school. Um, hey, they've lost, you know, more, they've lost more championship games in basketball than Ohio State's lost in basketball recently. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, um, so uh, I believe that I, I saw Ohio State was like a two and a half point favorite, which ain't nice. Um, most people think Ohio State's going to win here on the ESPN uh, predictor. Uh, well, they got the hot hand right now. Like we said, seven in a row. That's not easy in the Big Ten. Yeah. Big Ten is loaded. No. Yeah. And exactly. it's still, still the road down, even like Ohio State. I mean, you still got Iowa again. Don't they have Illinois again? Like, yeah, they have. I mean, there's some there's some hiccups here or there's some roadblocks where they you know they could drop these big three that they got coming up and, and then they get like a seven loss season and then you're two maybe three seed like you know because I, like, I mean i think if if they lose all three of them i think three seeds possible but they still had so many like top 15 top 20 wins i yeah. almost feel like a two seed i mean barring like a first round knockout in the tournament of the big 10 tournament i feel like a two seat's kind of locked up it seems that way um but like i said there's you know coming down the stretch there's some tough games in here and mm-hmm. they could uh i mean a two seed seems locked up i think that's where they would and they're, they're not going to finish any less of that especially when you think about the elites i mean they're still a named program they, they'll have firepower to get to the two to be on a two line right so and you, when you think about the, there's none of the elites i mean normally when you think about it in a normal basketball year you always have uh duke north carolina kentucky and kansas are always up there somewhere so i mean they're they are those four right there are always taking four of the eight yeah. You know, normally two and one seed. So, I mean, you don't have those type of teams up there right now. So, I mean, Ohio State's a name brand. Ohio State uh, very easily can still, I think they would be a two seed even if they dropped all three of those games. Um, I would love to see them. I think two and one, man, that guarantees the top seed. I, I, think, I think so too. A top seed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they could be, again, Ohio, the Big Ten could have a three or four. Uh, Seeds in the top two. I mean, do you think honestly, would there be any chance if Gonzaga or Baylor were in the Big Ten that either one of them would be undefeated? I don't think so. I don't. Big Twelve. I, I mean, don't, I don't know much about them again, but well, Gonzaga's. I mean, especially in a year like this where you didn't do as many uh, tournaments yeah. early on and stuff like that, and even though they did, they did have those bubble sites early, so maybe they did play. I mean, I, I don't know exactly who Gonzaga played early in the season, like but you were watching football when they when they get into their conference. I mean, they are a shoe win. I mean, usually Pepperdine's the only school that's a competitive team with them. <laughs> I, <don't even> <laughs> I think St. Mary's. 
Or is it St. Mary's? Which I think they beat them yesterday. Yeah. So, ago. I mean, those, and I, the Pepperdine, I think Pepperdine's in with them too. They've, a couple times they've beat them, um, a couple throughout they the years. A couple, maybe years ago. It was, seems like years ago now too, but. <laughs> I don't know if Pepperdine's been that competitive recently. Yeah. St. Mary's, you're, that's, who Mary's I, that's who I would probably think about. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, Gonzaga, they're just, they don't play atop the, but no, I'm not saying Gonzaga ain't good. I mean, they're well known who they are. I mean, yeah. they've been there um, for now two decades almost. I mean, they've yeah. been a bunch of teams. So um, the one thing you brought up to me, and uh, I never realized this, um, but then I kind of looked into it a little bit after you said it. So Holman, you know, he's he started this. Uh, he's doing uh, his own version of the, the gold pants uh, club. I and- think this is official, right? It's, I mean, from what I'm reading now, yeah, it must be that it seems like people are talking about it. I saw a news article that Ohio State's going for another golden jersey. And so I believe my understanding is if you go through an entire year without a loss to Michigan in basketball, now I don't know, is that just the two regular season games? It seems like they're counting. I don't know. I, I mean, I have to, I have to read more into the, the rules about it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if the tournaments count. Okay. Um, but. You get then, yeah, it's like the gold pants in football, but you get it's a little gold jersey. It has the score and year on it. Yeah. So, I mean, Ohio, Ohio State guys, they just get it. They yeah. just get it. Like, yeah, that's it's just uh, it's, we're going to be the basketball school <laughs> before long. Hey, if we'll be both. I'm 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 fine with stuff like this. I mean, that just always puts something on those games. And, you know, and that's actually been important for football. I mean, these guys still care about it. I mean, basketball, I think Ohio State, Michigan are going to be competitively more uh, in tuned with each other over the next you right. know, several years than uh, football is. Yes. And uh, so football, I mean. The coaches, and now you see Holtman's understanding that, that, you know, beating Michigan is a big deal. It's a big deal to the Ohio State fan base. And maybe beating Michigan in basketball is not the same thing as beating Michigan in football, but Ohio State fans love it. Now, when you got their fans talking about they're a basketball school, right. now that's just something that's. Now that's, you want to beat them at basketball. That's Twitter ammunition right. that, you know, <laughs> you, hey, we're beating you at basketball now, I mean, too. I mean, that really shows me that he gets it, that he wants beating Michigan in basketball to mean as much as beating them in football. Yeah. I just think it's awesome. That's- no, I love it too. And you know, and yeah, I'm fine with that. People, you know, they, I mean, you get, I mean, there's still some people outside Ohio state that make fun of the whole goal pants thing. Oh, you just need to, your little trinkets and you know, blah, blah, blah. But you know what, whatever. They end up winning the game. And of course, you know, I bet, I bet you wish some Buckeyes had less gold pants these last decades. Yeah. I know a lot of, uh, it seems like every year uh, you talk Buckeyes, every graduating Buckeye talks about how they have four or five pairs of uh, gold pants. So, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I really enjoy. I, I like seeing what I'm seeing from him as a coach. And uh, I know there was a lot of talk about that this week. There was a lot of, uh, and I kind of remember this, this is kind of, even though it maybe it's a little different, the situation It's kind of reminding me of the Jim Trussell, Glenn Mason thing when there was a real divide in the, who they should have hired. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there was a lot of people that upset. They hired Holtman over Archie Miller and you Look know, at their records. So, I mean, it looks like they absolutely made the right call. And so they were pretty even at first, but I think Holtman's just proven that he's the better hire. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad with where they went with that. And me too. Um, so 
onto our. Um, Can I actually add just one that's thing? That's fine. In just real throw, quick. throw it in, whatever you want. Just spend a little bit of time because I think it would be a miss if we didn't talk about this. The recruiting dead period was extended <laughs> in college football. What are these guys doing to these kids, man? I mean, it is safe for these kids to go on campus to meet with coaches. Exactly. If if players can be if your players can be there, then these kids can. I mean, maybe add in a couple extra rules that you can't take them on the normal tour of facilities and stuff. And, you know, you can't take them off season like you can't take them. And plus, aren't Ohio State's aren't, aren't the kids still at home? Yeah, I don't I don't I mean, I don't know all that, but. Mike, anywhere you go, like if you're having like an event, you take their temperature. Hey, have you had COVID in the last two yeah. weeks? Come on in. Like I just masks I, are required. Yeah, I know. I don't see what you know, why they got to keep holding this up. I just they're doing a disservice to these kids. They want to get on campus. They want to meet these coaches. And it it's affecting teams down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, you want like JT Tuamalo wants to go meet with people. Yeah. He, and you, you need to let him go talk to his coaches. And you can't just expect the families to be, you know, having to pay a bunch of money to take, you know, their own trips, their own trips and stuff right. like that. I mean, that's I mean, this is the part of the game. They get their visits. Not, uh, every, not every family is set up like that. A lot of times that's why these kids play the game, you know, that they take it so seriously. They get to this level yeah. is to take care of their families. Yeah, it's about, you know, they they want to use, I mean, using football. I mean, whether it's going to the NFL or being on, I mean, college athletics, I mean, gets you on a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of alumni who own businesses and stuff. Yeah, and sure. I, I'm not talking about, you know, the guys from Ohio State football that go to the NFL. Yeah, those guys. I mean, that's why people come play Ohio State football when you think about how many guys right. they put in the NFL. But go look through the list of the guys that didn't make the league and what good jobs they're in. And, you know, a lot of them started their own businesses and a lot of them got hired on at places because of who they were. And, you know, because somebody that knows Ohio State or that's very uh, powerful within that company, whether it's an owner or a president, CEO, you know, he graduated from Ohio State and, you know, yeah, I'll hire him. Yeah, yeah. I know what they're about, those football players. And that's the type of leader I want, you know, on my team. And uh, so I agree. So, yeah, this is not this is just stupid on the NCAA. Again, I mean, the NCAA is always behind stuff. And, you know, I mean, there are going to be people, this is a safety thing, blah, blah, blah. If if these kids can play football, if they can be in practice workouts and stuff like that, you can have kids come visit the campus. You just, maybe they're not allowed to bring as many. You can only bring your mom and dad. You can only bring two parents or up to two. You can't even bring a sibling. One parent. I don't care. Two guardians or one guardian, whatever rule you delimit it. I mean, just throw in a couple of rules and let these kids visit campus. I mean, agreed. All right. So we were, uh, we wanted to do something a little fun. We were trying to talk about it. You threw it a little bit out on Twitter. um, And this came off of, it was something kind of, we designed, it was something the cleveland.com guys uh, on their podcast and different things that they were talking about. And we kind of adapted it to, you know, something it was so, um basically we were thinking and so you take two guys two offensive guys skill players um one from the urban meyer area one from the jim trussell era and then you had a pick one of those guys is the coach so is this an urban coach team or is this a trussell coach team so we are each going to do one from um each each coach each coach and uh so we have our guys so um so I'll let you start. Um, let's start. You want to start on 
start trussels or you want to do uh let's do trussel first since you know he was there first all right so trussel who all right so jim trussel is the head coach so you pick now one skill guy that played for trussel one skill guy that played for urban that you think would mesh together and play perfectly under trussel football all right well, I did want to do an honorable mention real quick. A de- I was having a hard time with offense for an urban guy. So I thought a defense real quick. Uh, Chase Young with Cameron Hayward, I think would have been nasty, but um, I thought about it more. I would have liked to see Troy Smith from Jim Trussell paired up with Michael Thomas. Yeah. I think Michael Thomas was, he was a real, you know, Bobby, obviously in the league, he's a really high skilled wide receiver. Um, the quarterback play. I mean, he did great things at Ohio state, but if you, I think with an elite quarterback, he would have done really special things. So I would have liked him. I mean, he could have fit right in with San Antonio Gonzo. I mean, I know Teddy was more of like a deep threat guy, but he would have just fit right in with those offenses. He would have been over, you know, Roy Hall. He probably would have been over Gonzo in that offense. So yeah, that was mine. Mike Thomas with Troy Smith. Now like that one. Um, I'm going with a Troy Smith also. Um, and mine was Troy Smith with Zeke um, because when you think about Zeke, so you think about the three games that Zeke is most well, I mean, Zeke's, I mean, obviously Zeke had a great career at Ohio state, but when you think of Ezekiel Elliott, the three games that stand out the most, to everybody is Wisconsin, Alabama, Oregon, that three game stretch. Cardell Jones was the quarterback. So it was something a little different than he had with JT. JT is a more of a read zone guy, you know, ran that urban Meyer style offense. Well, they had to readapt it a little bit. Cardell's not that guy. Now don't get me wrong. Cardell Jones was a freight train when he get running. Um, he was scary to think about <laughs> bringing down. Think about Zeke with a big arm like Cardell in his prime, Troy Smith, who could all, now he wasn't a Z or a JT type running back. He was a running back that, you know, he could, take on in the fourth quarter he can third downs could become he easily could turn those into first downs you know i mean how many third and eights did he make into first downs and or or he just was could scramble and just get a fine gonzo open imagine that guy with ezekiel elliott with jim trussell more of a trussell style coach which is a more of a typical you know you turn the ball back you hand it off to your running back and the guy gets downhill fast and he's i mean that zeke was always amazing with that 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 combination could have been scary as hell under a trussell led offense so i mean yeah i would be all about that one yeah i like that a lot i mean like part of me because i i knew that's kind of where you were leaning and since you had said it first i didn't want to go and take that one um so like I was thinking like maybe Dobbins or a Hyde, but I mean honestly, you know, in my mind, um, Zeke was better than both of them. And I really I really think Dobbins did his best work under Day, which Day actually reminds me more of like a trestle offense. I mean, it's obviously much more explosive than a trestle offense, but that kind of reminds me more so of that. So I, I did like Dobbins there, but I mean I, I feel like Zeke was the better running back out of all of them. So Michael Thomas, I felt was I think I think he would have shined more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. All right. So I'm going to let him throw it to you again. I think there's only one obvious answer here. Um, so, I mean, you might shock me on this one. Now for me though, the hard part for this one is the guy to pair him with. So 
I would put Ted Ginn in Urban Meyer's offense any day of the week. I think Urban Meyer would have got Ted Ginn a Heisman trophy, how much he would have showcased him in his offense. I mean, this is without the special teams plays that he still would have hit on because that was the fastest guy I've ever seen play college football, maybe by a long shot. Um, but can you imagine like all the reverse? Also, they do with Paris Campbell, but a faster, more skilled receiver doing it. I put him on the 2018 team and I paired him with Dwayne Haskins. I think he still needs a guy with a big arm. So I was going to think about pairing him with Cardale, but Dwayne Haskins can hit those intermediate stuff much better than Cardale could. And I think Tegan would have just been amazing with him. Yeah. I, I liked where you were going with that one. Um, so I figured you were going to take my combo, which had again in it. So I was thinking, so I'll lead quickly and just kind of where now I hadn't fully picked and I was, really scared here that I was going to have to come on the spot. So I was thinking Terrell Pryor going with, and then I was like, is it Curtis Samuels? Do you go with, uh, uh, and then I was like leaning really Paris Campbell, you know, I, I that's a good one though. Yeah. I think that, you know, that would have been a good combo, you know, one of those receivers, you know, that could go with, uh, that could do multiple things that with Pryor would be extremely deadly. Um, so I would have liked something like that. Um, but I'm going with Gin too. So Gin's my tr- Trussell guy. And who I'm actually going with, the Urban Meyer guy, is Braxton Miller. And that was oh. one of my pick. And here, think about this. Everything you said that Ted Ginn is, would have been the perfect Percy Harvin role for Urban Meyer. Now you think about Braxton Miller on that 2012-2013 teams. So you got Carlos Hyde mm-hmm. in the backfield. And now you got not only Miller that can do all kinds of crazy stuff. But now you get all those added things that Ted Ginn can do too. that from reverses to different types of options that they could have ran with them to, you know, just easy slant passes that Miller had a strong arm. And then you think about him going down the field. Well, Braxton Miller had no problem hitting receivers downfield. And if they, and God forbid, and if they were open, he could hit them. I mean, he was, uh, he maybe he has struggled some accuracy issues, but the one thing where he was accuracy, you never heard him was uh, a guy open i'm gonna hit that guy down there right now for a touchdown and so i think ted ginn jr and braxton miller that was, that was my combination and urban meyer with all the wacky things urban meyer could have done now that just screams to me i mean it's not a battering ram like tim tebow but that just screams to me with miller hyde and i know we're th- i'm throwing in a third guy but i'm just thinking of that 12 and 13 teams yeah sure that miller hyde again i mean that's everything that urban meyer loved devin smith there <laughs> yeah and, but that's everything urban meyer loved to do on offense yeah he, he'd have his his battering ram guy which would be hyde in this situation he would have a speed a quarterback that could run and then he would have his percy harvin and he could do I just think he can do so many creative things with that. And, and Tom Herman's the offensive coordinator, which worked well with Myers offense. So yeah, that's who I was going with. I do like that. You said TP there though. I kind of overlooked him though. I said, again, was the, you know, the only obvious one, but urban Meyer with Terrell prior. Oh, he would have, that would have been a dream for him. He would have had a field day. I was just trying to, I, I had a hard time. Fig- Actually, I, I thought that was a no brainer on the trustless side of it. I would just have a hard time figuring out who to pair him with. I don't know who, who you pair him with. That would have been better than what they already had. though. He wasn't maybe the- Curtis Samuel instead of like JT Barrett. Cause he, I mean, I know, J- I know urban love leaning on JT for those three, four yard runs. Prior would have been amazing with Urban though. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where um where I was thinking. So let, let's 
let's do um we'll pick um your um let's pick um our trussel guys um so let's just take a little further one more step you, you first your trussel guy your two with trussel and you can pick any jim trussel team to put those guys on so what would it be um i mean i would have picked 06 so that way you still had a big receiving threat after i mean i don't think i don't think 05 i don't think you really needed I don't know. That's hard for me because 06, I don't know. Michael Thomas still gives you what you lost with Ted Ginn in that national title game. I'm not sure it makes it different, but it does give you an elite receiver when Ted goes out because you don't have Holmes anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say 2006. I think that would be something that they could win. Yeah. So since I went with Troy and uh, Zeke, I'm going, my obvious one was 05. And 05, you had the receiving court mm. and then you had, and I love Antonio Pittman. Oh, sure, but he's no Zeke. You know, I mean, Anto- Antonio I was, Pittman will tell you he's no yeah. Zeke. And I thought I've always thought Antonio Pittman was extremely underrated. I mean, I thought sure. he could have been a much even better running back. But I mean, you put a, a Zeke with Troy Smith and you know Holmes, Ginn, and Gonzo. I mean, damn you, Ryan Hamby. That's still a team that could have won the national title. <laughs> I felt so bad for those linebackers. I mean, that team. That feels like, and I know they had two losses, but that just feels like a team that the title was just stolen from. And I know it had nothing to do with refs or anything like that. I mean, it was just bad, two bad games that you lost very close. And it's just that team was so freaking good, though. Yeah. Um, All right. Your your two guys, your urban teams, any of urban's years. Well, so I, I mean, I can take those two guys and put them on any urban team, any urban teams. Uh, I'd have to put them in 16. I still don't know if you have the offense with the running backs with Weber to win a title, but I mean, at least you have. Actually, no, I, well, I change it. I'd move it to 17 because there's no way that. Um, I'm really torn on this one, actually, because <laughs> the 17 defense isn't as good as the 16 defense. There's no way Haskins has the game Barrett did against Oklahoma, especially if you had Ted Ginn there to throw it to. Um, at 17, you've got the running back situation more figured out. You know what? I'd say it's 16. I don't know if you can still beat Clemson because they shut you out, but I think it's a much closer game. Yeah. Um, you probably don't lose that. You don't lose to Penn State, though, so you're probably the one seed. So I don't know who they're playing in that situation. Yeah. Wash, I don't know who it would be. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to go with, um, and now I've always said, I would never take a national championship team away, so the championship years are would be in the sacrilegious to me. So I wouldn't say replacing 14. Who I would replace... Braxton and Ginwith, I would say, and just because they were so, they had such a lack of identity, I would say 15 because I was thinking 15. So say Cart, neither Cardell or JT are back in 15. So you have exactly what Urban Meyer likes to do. You have Braxton Miller, you have Tegan, you add Zeke Elliott to it, and you add all those guys that were back they from got the, what, Michael Thomas. Yeah, you had those guys that are back from the national championship year. So you're replacing Devin Smith with Ted Ginn Jr. And uh, you know, you got Braxton Miller, they'd be able to call the offense a lot better because that would be what Urban likes to do. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know, I mean. 
I like yours better. I, I'd say 15 or 17. I'm taking 16 off the board. We just, we didn't have enough other threats outside of. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say 15 would have been mine on that one with those two. Um, so, I'll, I'll say 17 because you said 15. Yeah. So I think that was a pretty little fun thing. Like I said, uh, it was just an idea The the cleveland.com guys you know we listen to their podcasts um and you know you get text updates from them they they've been doing some of these things you know like drafting their drafting and talking about you know who take a guy from each era blah 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 different things like that and they're doing little things so we decided like all right let's take a guys from each era and then add a coach to it who the coach would be you know and i just thought about that on the fly let's add a year to it also so That'd be kind of uh, fun. We'll do different things like that. I mean, we've been talking oh, about we doing add maybe Ryan day into the mix. Yeah. I'd like to see day with a couple more years. I mean, right now it's like, he's only got two years under his belt. Uh, there aren't many. I wouldn't have wanted to see you play with Justin Fields. Yeah. So I uh, like right now I, I would take Zeke with Justin Fields. I would take to again with Justin Fields. I would take. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not gonna, Nobody with Justin Fields. I might even still take Braxton Miller with Justin Fields. <laughs> Make Braxton the running back. And yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it'd be, I think we're going to do stuff like that. I mean, the off season, make a little things, a little fun coming down. you know, I mean, we'll talk about, I think we're going to get into spring football next week. Uh, we've been, I want to, we want to do a, like a segment on the quarterback battle. So we're getting closer to the start of spring. So I think we'll start that next week and we'll kind of start looking different things. We want to look at spring coming into the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I'll ask it on Twitter, but let us know, you know, your thoughts on the QB battle, who you guys want to see win or what you want to see, you know, go down with it. But yep, and we'll definitely throw some of this other stuff. And we we're talking about doing possibly doing some decade drafts and different things like that. And maybe we'll do a an all trestle team, an all Meyer team. We'll figure some different things out we can do. Maybe that could be, uh, that'd be fun. Maybe maybe throw a we'll maybe uh and we'll do some little maybe what our favorite uh all Ryan Day team. Maybe we'll do some talks about some of that stuff too. I mean, I, like I said, the only and we're not ignoring Ryan Day. He just doesn't have a big body of work. I mean, if he keeps on in a couple more seasons, you can add maybe where you get some. I mean, right now we've kind of had a lot of the same guys on. I mean, you know, you're taking Dobbins as your running back. You know, you're taking Justin Fields. As right. Your- yeah. So, like, you know, maybe in a couple of years when uh, we do. Uh, well, if you did it now, I mean, unless you were doing offense. I'm going to tell everyone days defense would get torched by an all urban offense. Yeah. Those linebackers, they, they couldn't hold up against those guys. Yeah. I don't know if they could hold up against Trussell guys either. That's true. Um, all right. So we'll, uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do this another round of this here and, uh, we'll do it on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you talked yeah. about like, some defensive players and we'll, so we'll, and I got to think new ones now. Oh, well, I mean, who would be your coach though? Urban or Trussell. So it would be like, yeah. well, it has to be a caveat though, that Larry Johnson for that one, Larry Johnson has a coach chase young. Yeah. If he's not Chase's coach, it has to be one of the Boza brothers though. Cause they were a little bit more refined coming in. Okay. <laughs> yeah um all right so we'll get on out of here with that um so a good show uh and uh just good talking to everybody today so let's get on out oh yeah i appreciate where we appreciate you guys coming out uh thank you for stopping in the buckeye bar beat the crap out of michigan tomorrow i'm john i'm mike oh i o.